The developer of a housing project in Bloomington says he's disappointed in a delayed city council vote, but hopeful about its prospects next month. That's one of the things you need to know to start your day for Wednesday, May 24th. I'm Ryan Denham, and this is WGLT's The Leadoff. Support for The Leadoff on WGLT and WGLT.org comes from the Central Illinois Regional Airport in Bloomington. Connecting business and leisure travelers to the world on American, Delta, Frontier, and Allegiant. CIRA, your trip starts here. Details at CIRA.com. Now let's lead off with Bloomington's wish list for federal funding, as U.S. Senator Dick Durbin paid a visit. Here's WGLT's Eric Stock. Bloomington Mayor Mboka Mialamboy met with U.S. Senator Dick Durbin Tuesday to discuss several projects, including the downtown streetscape and stormwater improvements near downtown. So we just wanted to uh, give him, you know, awareness of those. And, and then, uh, you know, down the line, you know, when we, we get ready for specific asks, then we'll, we'll do that. Milamboy says they also discussed the Locust Colton sewer separation project. The city has already requested federal funding for the next leg of that project. Senator Durbin says the Illinois congressional delegation has been meeting monthly to review funding requests. As the federal debt ceiling approaches, Durbin says he's getting nervous. Congress and the Biden administration may not reach a deal by June 1st. Durbin says he doesn't believe that the Biden administration should invoke the 14th Amendment. Some legal experts suggest the amendment could be applied to the debt limit because it says public debt, quote, shall not be questioned. I don't know that that will work because it will surely be uh, challenged in court and that takes time, days, maybe even weeks, and we don't have that kind of time. And Durbin says the Senate Judiciary Committee that he chairs has not ruled anything out, including issuing subpoenas to Supreme Court justices in the committee's ethics probe. Chief Justice John Roberts and Republican megadonor Harlan Crow have refused to answer the Judiciary Committee's questions. Durbin says justices can't argue that separation of powers shields them from ethics rules. So to argue that there's no connection between what we pass in law and how the courts operate is just not true, and it shouldn't be. I mean, there are basic standards of uh, uh, integrity that people expect in a courtroom. The committee plans to work on ethics reform legislation for the Supreme Court. For the leadoff, I'm Eric Stock. Here's some other stories we're following in the WGLT newsroom. An investigation by the state's attorney general found that the Catholic Church in Illinois did not report hundreds of priests and other clergy members credibly accused of sexual abuse. Bloomington police are reminding the public to be on the lookout for a 24-year-old murder suspect, James D. Moon, who's been on the run for two and a half years. He's accused of killing Jaleel Johnson in October of 2020. The city of Bloomington will be giving out vouchers for free gun safes at the downtown farmer's market on Saturday, June 10th. Supplies are limited, so it's first come, first served, and you need a FOID card. And ISU has hired sports marketing agency Pivot to help secure a naming rights sponsor for its eSports complex, which opened last fall. You can find more on these stories at WGLT.org. The Bloomington City Council has delayed a vote on a proposed $18 million housing project near downtown. The developers are asking for about $4.5 million in incentives, including TIF money, to build 24 townhomes and 48 apartment units. This week, the divided council chose to delay its vote until June 12th, amid debate about whether the city should require the developer to pay prevailing wages and if the project will alleviate a community-wide shortage of affordable housing. 
I spoke yesterday with Robbie Osenga, one of the lead developers on the project, starting with Monday's delay. I'm not going to lie, there's a little bit of disappointment. Um, we've been working on this project for over three years and um, actively with the city in through the TIF process for eight months. At the same time, I've got a lot of hope. I, I got to be honest, I, I didn't uh, pursue becoming a real estate developer. <laughs> this is this is not my why, um, but helping things and people reach their potential is my why. And so I trust our local government to make the decisions that are best for our community. Am I understanding this correctly that um, you, you and your partner, you can wait until this, this mid-June meeting date for a decision, but anything beyond that, not so much. So we do live in Illinois, so we have a hard winter. Uh, and so uh, that impacts construction considerably. And so our, our intent and, and and really we've built out a business plan that uh, is dependent on us getting started this fall. Probably the biggest is the TIF uh, district has an expiration date. And so again, we've built our business plan for this project based off of the amount of time that is left for TIF eligible reimbursements to be made available to us as a developer. And so the clock has been ticking <laughs> before we even started looking at the project and is still ticking. So initially, uh, city staff described what you were looking to build as luxury apartments in townhomes. Uh, at Monday night's council meeting, a deputy city manager said, actually, no, they aren't luxury. He preferred to describe them as market rate uh, units. So what's the truth there? The truth is, um, I used the word luxury in a proposal, <laughs> and it's a word that um, is more of a marketing word than a reality word of, of what we're actually building. I'll be honest, I'm not a great wordsmith, <laughs> and so this, this one's my fault. What we're just trying to build here is um, based off of the housing market analysis study that was done in April of 2022 by the EDC. And um, they specifically um, called out in that study uh, that with the exception of the one uptown circle building in Normal, there has been no new higher density infill development or greenfield development with higher quality design elements and competitive amenities. Based off of that study, that's, that's really what we built our pro forma around, is trying to meet that need specifically on this project. So let's talk for a minute about, about who will be building this housing project yes. potentially. You know, some of the opposition on Monday night centered around whether you as the developer should be required to pay prevailing wages. That type of thing should be put into the redevelopment agreement as a requirement. Is that a viable option for you and, and why or why not? Here's the hard part when we talk about prevailing wage. There's this misnomer that anyone who is not a union shop are not providing fair pay and benefits and work culture to their employees. And I, I think that does a disservice. We here in central Illinois have a vibrant, <laughs> a vibrant labor force um, of both union and non-signatory contractors. We live in a capitalistic <laughs> culture and uh, economy. And, um, and at some point in time, if the costs exceed the value that uh, is needed for us to move forward, then, then there is no project. That's Robbie Osenga, one of the lead developers on the proposed $18 million housing project near downtown Bloomington. And that's it for today. I'm Ryan Denham, and the show was produced by Colin Winkleman. You can subscribe to the Lead Off podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or the NPR app.